It's after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Thank you. 
In the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 FM. Around the world on the web, it's jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. Everyone make sure 
to have the NSN app, you want to make sure that when the uh, adjustments uh, happen in our calendar, in our schedule, which will be December the 1st, that you're able to hear crisply, loudly, and clearly JM and the AM every single day. The NSN app is an amazing option. There are other options as well, which we'll be discussing as we get through and past the uh, holiday season and march on to the uh, the day that JM and the AM becomes the exclusive presentation of the Nahum Siegel Network, something I'm extremely proud of. Um, all right, so make sure you have the NSN app and you will be all set. If you don't have a, a capability of having an app for whatever reason, there's a listen line, there's your computer, and a whole variety of ways that you can uh, tune in and listen in every single day loudly and clearly. Thursday morning on this September 29th, the 26th of L.O., final Thursday of 5776. The brand new year begins on Sunday night. The brand new year begins on Sunday night. And uh, Rosh Hashanah will be uh, Monday and Tuesday. We are getting ready for a, a brand new year. And um, we will present our JM and the AM program today and uh, tomorrow, JM Sunday with Mat this Sunday morning. And then we'll break until we get to past Rosh Hashanah. The first show of the brand new year will be on Wednesday morning, Tom Gedalia. 62 degrees outside with 87% humidity. Winds northeast at 17 miles an hour. Morning showers, high of 66. Tonight, some rain, a low of 60. Tomorrow, showers and a high temperature of 63. Now... It does look like, just trying to check out the Yuntif weather and to see what kind of days we'll have Monday and Tuesday in this area. And uh, it does seem that after uh, today, uh, with the showers and rain, and tomorrow the same, we're going to have similar weather through Erev Yuntif, and then apparently Monday and Tuesday will improve. So it looks like for Rosh Hashanah itself in this area, we should be a little bit better off. Hey, I want to thank, I want to thank um, Benjamin Siegel, Matis Weingast, and Randy Wartelski all sat in while I was away. Much appreciated. We'll have uh, a major announcement about the next Jewish Unity Initiative officially um, uh, coming up. I guess officially a day after Simchas Torah. I don't think I'm going to be able to to hold back at that point. I'm going to have to just blurt it out once uh, the Yuntif season is over. And let everyone know where our next uh, special broadcasts and journey will be to, um, or where 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 they will take place. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and um, so we'll have that information for you, and uh, we'll have an opportunity here at this great radio broadcast to yet make another international impact um, in the upcoming season. That's our goal, and. Uh, it seems that we'll have that opportunity, please God. So that announcement will be coming up uh, once the Yuntif season has ended. Uh, the Yuntif season begins in earnest, as I said, this coming Sunday night. Wishing everybody a great 5777. My thanks again to those who sat in while I was away. And here we are on a Thursday. I uh, posted on uh, Facebook uh, earlier in the week about the passing of Shimon Peres, somebody who we've had the opportunity over the last couple of weeks because of his illness to uh, discuss. We had an opportunity to discuss his life. And uh, some of the things that are notable, uh, the funeral is scheduled for tomorrow. The President of the United States is expected to be at the funeral tomorrow, among many other world leaders. And um, for those who are in Jerusalem, yes, former President Bill Clinton as well is, uh, has already landed in Israel. 
and the Knesset Memorial and the opportunity to pay respects to Shimon Peres. Uh, that whole system, that whole uh, procedure has begun. Um, for those living in Jerusalem, it is going to be a, 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 a real lockdown day, as you can imagine, as all these world leaders gather to say farewell to Shimon Peres. And the Malcolm Homeline is uh, in Israel. Uh, he will be with us tomorrow morning at uh, approximately 7.40 Eastern Time. By then, the uh, the funeral will have taken place. And uh, he'll give us um, uh, not only a uh, a review of the day and uh, what it was like being there in Jerusalem, uh, but obviously we'll have an opportunity again to reflect on the life of Shimon Peres and uh, really the uh, end of an era in certain respects as a political leadership will no longer have uh, any of the political veterans of the establishment of the State of Israel. As uh, someone pointed out to me yesterday, there are still people around who had a prominent role in the founding of the State of Israel, no doubt about that. But on the political front, especially in the high-profile positions that we're used to talking about, um, uh, he is the last of that breed. So we'll have more about that tomorrow morning. Again, Shimon Peres, the uh, former president and prime minister of Israel, funeral will take place tomorrow. United States represented by President President Obama, former President Clinton, there may be others as well who I'm not yet aware of that are going to be uh, representing the United States. And um, many countries will be represented in Israel for um, for the funeral. And we'll have more about that, as I said, tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. Hey, I want to give a special shout-out and thank you to our friends at Traveler's Choice. Seems we're always thanking them because I guess uh, we're very often on the road. A big thank you to our friends at Traveler's Choice, uh, Yassi and Devora and their entire staff, who continue to do for us what they do for so many others, and that is uh, make sure that travel arrangements are as uh, as convenient and as... Um, and as uh, efficient as possible. So my thanks to everybody at Traveler's Choice, Yossi and Devora and their entire staff from all of us here at JM&M. Good to be back in the confines of uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Oh, by the way, I <laughs> I woke up to the news that our mayor is not running for uh, governor, which frankly, it, it says here on the, um, on the um, front page of the Jersey Journal, it says, uh, Deshizen... Decision shocks Hudson. I could only imagine, after speaking about this <laughs> likely possibility for so long, that Mayor Steve Fulop of a yeshiva graduate, you may recall, or a, a, at one time a yeshiva attendee, uh, that's how I should put it, uh, that he would not um, seek the 27 gubernatorial uh, election. Um, I mean, we've been speaking so long about the fact that he likely would, and now that he's announced that he will not, that is uh, frankly... A little surprising, but uh, the mayor has announced that he will uh, seek a re-election bid for mayor of Jersey City. We wish him the best of luck. He's always been a great friend, and maybe one day, in fact, he will become governor of this state. Uh, I think it would be a great thing for the state of New Jersey if, in fact, he would. 21 minutes before 7 o'clock, a Thursday morning broadcast. I thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Plenty coming up. We'll have um, uh, special guests in our studio Later on in this uh, broadcast, we have a big day. It's a Thursday, which means a big day online, of course, uh, in terms of the Nahum Siegel Network and our great programming. So you'll have all that. We'll discuss some of that coming up uh, later on. And uh, tomorrow morning, the weekly update, Malcolm Honline, live from Jerusalem. Uh, You are listening to JM in the AM as we continue. Uh, 
This comes from Chaim David.
JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast. Thanks for tuning in. Chazan Yitzchak, Mayor Helfgott, Hanesh Shamalach. Perfect for this week of Slichus. Rosh Hashanah begins Sunday night. Matis will have JM Sunday on Erev Rosh Hashanah between 7 and 9 a.m. Make sure to join him on Sunday. We're back Wednesday, Tzom Gedalia, the day after Rosh Hashanah. Tomorrow, of course, our weekly update. We have an opportunity to uh, speak with Malcolm Holmine, who's in Israel for the Paris funeral. We'll talk about the uh, the passing of Shimon Paris and much, much more tomorrow morning, 7.40 Eastern Time here at JM and the AM. It's a Thursday, which means we have a full schedule today. Make sure to be tuned in all day long at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. I want to thank um, Benjamin Siegel. I want to thank Matis. I want to thank Randy for sitting in while I was away. I want to thank our friends at Traveler's Choice, Yassi and, and Devora and their entire staff for uh, coming through as usual. When it comes to travel plans, accommodations, and efficiency, it is much appreciated. Thank you to our friends at Traveler's Choice. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. Galitzal in the background, news from Israel coming up next. Plenty more happening on a Thursday. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday. Follows next, we say Boker Tov and Shana Tova from JM and the AM. Galitzal Hashash Time, Kanehut Graf in Mashekorayachshav. נפרדים מהנשיא התשיעי שמעון פרס. אזרחים רבים חולקים כבוד אחרון ועוברים ליד ארונו המוצב בשעה זו בכנסת. אני זוכר שהייתי עוד ילד, כשהגיעו המטוסים שבאו מצרפת, שזה היה רק בזכותו של שמעון פרס. טוב לי שהוא נפטר והוא עושה הרבה דברים בשביל המדינה שלנו. אז במקום ללכת לבית הספר החלטנו להגיע לכאן היום. שמעון פרס היה אדם מאוד גדול. אדם שאהב את היהודים ואת הערבים, את הספרדים ואת האשכנזים. יהי זכרו ברוך. בשעה האחרונה הגיעו לרחבת המשכן נשיא ארצות הברית לשעבר ביל קלינטון, שנחת בארץ מוקדם יותר, המפכ"ל ובכירי המשטרה. שגריר ארצות הברית דן שפירו עבר לפני זמן קצר ליד ארונו של פרס, וסיפר כי הנשיא אובמה עושה מאמצים גדולים כדי להגיע ללוויה מחר. למרות לוח זמנים מאוד מורכב, הוא התעקש שהוא יגיע. לשאת דברי פרידה ולהגיד שלום ותודה לחבר היקר שלו, שמעון פרס. הרב יאשיהו פינטו לא יזכה לשחרור מוקדם מהכלא. בית המשפט המחוזי בלוד קיבל את הערעור שהגישה הפרקליטות על החלטת ועדת השחרורים לקצר שליש מעונשו, והרב צפוי להשתחרר רק בעוד כחמישה חודשים. כתבנו איתמר קציר שמע את עורך דינו אבי חימי ביציאה מהדיון בבית המשפט. התנהלות הפרקליטות בפרשת הרב פינטו מדאיגה מאוד. עיקר יהבה ממצאמו על הטיעון שמתן שוחד זוהי עבירה חמורה. ואך לפני שבועיים, כשדובר בעניינו של השופט בדימוס דן כהן, הם הסכימו לשחרורו. אז בדבר אחד אני מודה, השם דן נשמע יותר ישראלי מהשם יאשיהו. פרשת ישראל ביתנו, 17 מתיקי החקירה נסגרו. כתבתנו דור מימון. 
בין התיקים שנסגרו, תיק החקירה שנפתח נגד חבר מועצת העיר ירושלים, משה ליאון, התיק נגד ראש מועצת מטה בנימין, אבי רועה, והתיקים נגד ראש עיריית הפעולה, יצחק מירון, ועובדי עירייה נוספים. התיקים נסגרו מחוסר ראיות ומהיעדר אשמה, רק בתחילת השבוע הודיעה הפרקליטות כי תגיש כתבי אישום נגד 16 מעורבים אחרים בפרשה. בית המשפט המחוזי בתל אביב קיבל את הסדר הטיעון בעניינו של ג'קי בן זקן הנוגע לקבלת מידע סודי מראשת לשכתו של השר המנוח פואד בן אליעזר. כתבנו מיכאל האוזר טוב. במסגרת הסדר הטיעון הודה בן זקן בסיוע להפרת אמונים במקום בהפרה עצמה, והוא ישלם קנס של 65,000 שקלים וירצה ארבעה חודשי מאסר בחופף לעונשו בפרשת הרצת המניות. בדיון טען השופט כי הסדר הטיעון מהווה מסר ברור לכל הציבור. הפרקליטות הגישה כתב אישום נגד הצעיר שניסה לרצוח את ביתו של כדורגלן העבר בשבוע שעבר בתל אביב. כתבתנו קרן בן מרדכי. על פי כתב האישום, בן רבי בן ה-19 ובת זוגו הקטינה ניהלו מערכת יחסים זוגית אך נפרדו בין היתר בשל תוקפנותו של הנאשם. אחרי שהוצא לו צו הרחקה ממנה ובעקבות חשדו שניהלה מערכת יחסים זוגית עם ידיד שלה, החליט רבי לרצוח אותה. הוא נכנס לביתה ולאחר שהפנתה אליו את גבה, החל לדקור אותה פעמים רבות בפלג גופה העליון ונמלט מהמקום. תחזית מזג האוויר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת רון לביוד.
Off of the We Are a Miracle collection, Yaakov Shweki with Birchas Habayis. Jam the M Thursday as we get closer and closer to the brand new year. 5776 coming to a rapid close. We switch to 5777. Tufshin Ayin Zion this coming uh, Sunday night. Rosh Hashanah, the brand new year, will begin. Chagai Elitzur from the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs, uh, the uh, a department in Israel that we continue to praise for their expanded role that we've discussed over the last few months, is with us live via telephone as we get closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah. Chagai, welcome and Shana Tova. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be back. I appreciate that. Nice to speak with you. I At first, it would only be proper if we uh, acknowledge Excuse me, if we acknowledge the passing of uh, former President and Prime Minister Shimon Peres, I know the funeral is going to be taking place tomorrow. Uh, this is um, quite a way to end the year. You'll be visited in Israel by, I don't know the exact number, but a tremendous number of heads of state from around the world. Uh, it is going to be, although it's a sad occasion, obviously, but it's going to be uh, a very unique gathering in the state of Israel tomorrow. Yes, this is a big loss for the state of Israel. He was one of the, our uh, most admired leaders, both in Israel and uh, all over the world. Um, and I think that the fact what you just uh, described, that people from all over the world and leaders coming to show respect for him, I think this is the, the whole story. Yeah, no question about it. And we close out the year, and Israel in many ways closes out an era 
as we have uh, discussed um, many times over the last few days here on the radio. Uh, we have been uh, we have been lauding your office, um, the Ministry for Diaspora Affairs, uh, over the last few months because of the incredible outreach that you have uh, expanded. I don't want to say started because you've always uh, you know it's always been in place, but it's expanded like. Um, uh, in, in so many different ways over the last few months to so many different areas of the world. As we close out the year, remind our listeners about the commitment that Diaspora Affairs has to the Jewish world, how you see your role in Israel being an important one in cities and communities around the world. So I think that our role is to face together with the Jewish people all over the world, the challenges, the main challenges of the Jewish people, and I can tell you that from our perspective, there are basically three. Uh, and we are trying to uh, uh, invest our resources and efforts uh, to face those challenges. The first one is uh, strength Jewish identity and connection to Israel, especially in the young generations, uh, because the Jewish continuity depends on that. And it's a huge challenge of the Jewish people, and the, the state of Israel should and must be part of the effort that the Jewish people is doing to face those challenges. So we, uh, the main um, thing that we are doing for that is Mosaic United. Uh, we have a steering committee, both from Israel and diaspora, and we actually launch a huge program on campus uh, with Hillel, Chabad on campus in Olami that is exactly doing that. If that students that coming back from Israel or didn't yet go, to go yet to create a, a Jewish and Israel engagement on campus, and it will start at the beginning of uh, next year, next Jewish year. Right. And and the, the next challenge, second challenge is of course anti-Semitism, and the third is to strengthen connection between Israelis and uh, diaspora, and not only the other way around. It has to be a two-way street, and we invest a lot of the, uh, here to strengthen the sense of uh, peoplehood and uh, connect them to the Jewish people here in Israel. Yeah, this is and something... In, yeah, I'm sorry. In that sense, I just want to mention a very nice project that is exactly for the next year, it's called Omrim Shana Tova. Let's say Shana Tova to each other. And everyone can send Shana Tova uh, both to his friends in his country and outside uh, Israeli to the diaspora and diaspora to Israelis and other countries. You can find it in our uh, website at the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs website. You can log in and send Shana Tova to another <laughs> Jew. Uh, often that's how it starts, right? Often a great relationship starts with a simple greeting of Shana Tova. Uh, so everybody has an opportunity to do that, and we'll remind all of our listeners as we uh, continue to get closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah to participate in that program. We'll find it on the uh, website of the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs, correct? Yes, that's correct. There is an English banner there. It's very easy to find. The instructions are very easy. And again, it's like taking uh, modern... 20, uh, first century technology to use something that the Jewish people invented decades, many, many years ago. Greeting Shana Tova, it's a great way to connect to each other and to start new relationships. 
Chagai Elliot Soros with us from Israel. You know, on, on the third thing you mentioned, the um, it, it, it's interesting how things work, and I picked this up also from the Prime Minister's speech at the UN last week when he was sort of describing or trying to describe to the UN membership that this world is changing. And you mentioned about connection between Israelis and diaspora Jews, and very often we have, and we've spoken about this, very often we looked at it as a one-way street. The, the support, I don't just mean financial support, I mean all types of support, seem to be coming from the diaspora to Israel. I think it's amazing that your office has uh, has understood that now it has to be a two-way street, that now Israel, thank God, is at such a level of strength and has made such incredible progress that now it has to reach out and have a major role outside of Israel, has to have an Israel in the diaspora. And I think it's a very important change and one that's a very positive change. I totally agree with you. I think that the, the Jewish people had, a uh, few decade, uh, decades ago, a huge project, and this will establish the state of Israel. And thanks God, this project is very successful. We, had a, we have a lot of challenges. But we all, all, of, all of you and us and all of us together established the Jewish state. Now the project is the Jewish people, and everyone should be part of this project. As I described before, there is a lot yeah. of challenges, and we strongly believe that we all together need to, it has to be at the way street, both from the government and philanthropy, and every Jew in Israel, not Saudi Israel. We have to have a lot of connection, both sides. You know, we've discussed, and, and many people in this audience, uh, myself included, understand the importance of some of the programs and outreach work that you've described. We know the effective work of, of Hillel Chabad on campus, etc., and, and different programs that you've introduced that are vital, um, can, especially in this country. Can you give us a good example from the last year, and now I've had the privilege of you know, visiting certain communities around the world over the last couple of years. Can you give us a good example over the last year of, uh, of a, a place where, where your office you know, wanted to concentrate on and you saw that your presence there, that your, your um, support there had an effect on the Jewish community? Um, uh, yes, I can, tell, I can give you an example for a beautiful thing that we did. Uh, there is an organization in the United States called JWRP, Jewish Women Renaissance Program. Right. Very nice, uh, bringing to Israel uh, groups of, of women, mothers, actually, uh, from the perspective that mother, mothers are taking the most important uh, decisions at the home, especially about the identity uh, at home and kids. And they had um, a project, most of, most of that was American, and we cooperated with them to bring from other places in the world. For, for example, we had uh, 60 women that came from St. Petersburg and really affect the community. They are much, much more active, sending the kids for Jewish education, think about Israel and their Judaism, and this is something that really affects the community. We didn't do it alone. It's a partnership, but the perspective, the global perspective that we brought to the project was to create a tremendous impact on a certain community. Right. But basically, everything we are trying to do is actually to look globally at the main challenges of each community and work with partnership with organizations that can deliver. 
And it's been very effective work so far, and I think a lot of people are happy that there's a ministry specifically dedicated to diaspora affairs. It's something that uh, we always dreamed that we would need coming out of the state of Israel, and now it exists. Chagai Elitzur is Senior Director of Diaspora Affairs at the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs in Israel. Um, again, the Shana Tova Project, uh, Omrim Shana Tova, all people have to do is go to the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs website. If they click on the English banner, they'll be able to follow the instructions and participate, right? It's as simple as that. Yes, it's very simple, and thank you very much. I want to uh, say Shana Tova to you and all your listeners and all the Jewish people. Amen. It should be a happy, healthy, and sweet new year, and you are in the best place to commemorate the brand new year, and that's, of course, the State of Israel. Thank you, Chagai. Thank you very much. Shana Tova. Shana Tova Thursday morning broadcast. We get closer and closer to the end of this year. My thanks going out to Benjamin Siegel and Matis Weingast and uh, Randy Wartelski for taking over while I was away. As I said, Jewish Unity Initiative um, will have a, a major announcement the moment the, high, the, the moment the high holiday season is over. Uh, no, the moment the holiday season is over, because I believe the day after Simchus Torah is when I'm going to uh, make the formal announcement about our plans, speaking of uh, diaspora in different cities around the world. Um, so I am proud to say that, so stay tuned for that. Also, remember, a major switch is coming as the Nahum Siegel Network will become the official... Um, presenting home of JM and the AM, and that's something I'm very proud of after all these years. I just want to make sure that all of you, everybody out there, realizes how easy it'll be to make the switch. And whether it's the NSN app or the Listen Line or your own iPad or um, your computer or your Bluetooth in your car or the auxiliary cable in your car, whatever system it is that you're going to use to make sure to tune in every single day, please make sure that it's in place now. And if you have parents and grandparents who may need help with the switch, Please help them do it now, so you'll have the uh, the opportunity when the uh, switch actually does take place at the beginning of December to be with us every single day. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. Someone very, very early this morning gave me a nice welcome back, and I thank you for that as we... Uh, as we encourage you to comment on our app, all you have to do is go to the NSN app or Android or iPhone. Literally on the home screen, you'll see it says, add a comment, and you are all set to participate with us um, by commenting and by letting us know what you think of the show and what you think of what's happening and mention, being mentioned on the air. A reminder that Charlie Harari follows us at 9 a.m. with uh, Unlocking Greatness. Charlie explores core principles of greatness, success, and happiness. Michael Fragan has 10 takeaways from the great debate the other night. In fact, I'm going to try to get him on tomorrow morning on this show, but today at 9.30 Eastern Time, after Charlie Harari, Michael Fragan will give you 10 takeaways from the debate that took place this past Monday night. Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs will have a Brad Saltzman on, an international expert on Internet and sex addiction. That will be at 10 o'clock. That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach will happen at 10.30. Our live lunch between 11 and 1. Throwback Thursday will go all the way back to 2003. JM Rewind will be encored at 4 p.m. We have a full day of great programming. Give it a chance and you will see how it is well worth staying with us all through the day. Tomorrow is the funeral of uh, Shimon Peres, former president and prime minister of Israel. Uh, Malcolm Holmline will be there at the funeral. We'll have a chance to speak with him afterward. He'll join us at 7.40 Eastern Time from Jerusalem. 7.40 Eastern Time from Jerusalem. That is when you will hear Malcolm Holmline joining us here at JM in the AM. And I hope you'll be tuned in for the weekly update 
as we present that tomorrow. Full schedule tomorrow, then, of course, a limited schedule next week. Monday and Tuesday is Rosh Hashanah. So Matis will have JM Sunday on Sunday morning. Then Rosh Hashanah is Monday and Tuesday, and we're back on Tom Gedalia, the third day of the brand-new year and the first program of the brand-new year this coming Wednesday morning. JM in the AM with eight time cats.
J.M. in the A.M., 29 minutes after 7 o'clock. Please keep my Mayor Ben-Khana for a Fushlema. Mayor Ben-Khana for a Fushlema, and we thank you for that. 62 degrees, morning showers, and a high temperature of 66. want to again thank our uh, friends at um, Traveler's Choice, Yossi and Devorah and their entire staff, who always seem to make traveling easier and more efficient. So thank you to them from all of us here at JM and the AM. Good to be back. Thank you to Binyamin and Matis and Randy for taking over while I was away. Um, regret to announce the passing of Rabbi uh, Nussan Lumner, who uh, many of you from the MTJ, Masifta Tavares Yushalayim community, I'm sure you're very familiar with him. Uh, Rabbi Lumner uh, passed away, and the funeral takes place 9.30 this morning at 3911 Fort Hamilton Parkway in Brooklyn, New York. That's 3911 Fort Hamilton Parkway in Brooklyn, and that happens at 9.30 this morning. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and Esther Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuva, Gedolah Tshuva, Greatest Tshuva, Shemekareves HaSa'adam Lashchina, that it brings a person close to the Divine Presence. It says that yesterday the individual could have been disgusting, distanced from Hashem, an abomination, v'hayom, but today the person is ohu v'nechmod did, beloved and cherished, close and dear. A well-known chassid in a tzaddik, of the Biyana Chassidim in Yerushalayim was Rav Nachum Yasser. He had merited that all of his children but one remained true to Torah life and were not influenced by the corrupt environment where they grew up. One son, though abandoned the Derech Torah, the ways of Torah and left home, Rav Nachum never mentioned that son's name and never spoke of his personal anguish in Tsar. Once, there was a group of Kolo fellows that were sitting together with Rav Nachum. They were learning this Rambam. One of the men asked, How was it possible for a person to be transformed from a detached and abominable individual, steeped in sin, to an endeared and treasured human being? Upon hearing this, Rav Nachum could no longer contain himself. All the many years of pent-up emotions exploded. He fiercely exclaimed, If I would merit that my son would come knocking on the door of my home and he would cry, Tata, I am here. I want to return to you. My love for him would be incredible. I wouldn't think for one moment of all the grief and heartbreak that I suffered for so many years because of him. I would be totally elated that my son has come home to his roots and returned to the ways of Hashem. Similarly explained Rav Nachum, Hashem is overjoyed and jubilant when his children do tshuva. It makes no difference how far the person is strayed. When the errant son returns home, he inspires a very powerful love. The Tana Develio says that Shomai Va'aretz Heaven and earth give testimony that more than a father waits for his son and more than a wife waits for her husband, Hashem sits and waits for Klau Yisroel to do tshuva. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Shame in the AM with our Elul Shofar blowing, which I believe ends tomorrow, right? Tomorrow would be the last time we blow Shofar before Rosh Hashanah. We will not blow Shofar Sunday. That'll be error of Rosh Hashanah. And then, of course, uh, the required Shofar blowing on uh, Monday and Tuesday would take place uh, in the next year during 5777. Hard to believe the year is coming to an end, but in fact it is. And I thank all of you for tuning in and being part of our broadcast here at JMM. I remind you, we have uh, some changes coming up in the brand new year as JMM will become the exclusive presentation of the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure you have what you need and that your parents and grandparents have what they need to tune us in at the touch of a button every single day. This program is continuing and will be as strong as ever every single day, but uh, there may be someone in your family who needs an iPad, uh, who needs a uh, a little 30-second tutorial about how to press the button that says NSN so they can listen every day, uh, or maybe a listen line, uh, maybe some listen line information, people who want to call up and listen on the telephone, or um, uh, if there's somebody who uh, drives a car every single day and loves hearing the show while they drive, you may want to educate them, as we will try to do. Uh, with, auxil- with an auxiliary cable or with uh, the Bluetooth that picks up our app as you get into your car. All these things will be spoken about over the next couple of months as we make this transition. And we ask you to come along with us. Come along for this amazing ride. It is being uh, touted as an amazing ride, rightfully so. 62 degrees, morning showers, and a high temperature of 66. Rain tonight, showers tomorrow. That's how we're going to wrap up the year. By the time we get to Monday, it looks like it's going to be cleared up a bit. And Russia Hashanah in this area should have pretty good weather. At least so we are told. And um, we, we certainly do look forward to that. Uh, JM and the AM, a reminder that the uh, funeral of the former president of the State of Israel is happening uh, tomorrow. Shimon Peres will be laid to rest tomorrow. Internationally, uh, there are leaders from around the world who are uh, coming into Israel to be part of the... Um, to be part of the uh, send-off, so to speak. Um, so Yerushalayim, in some ways, is a place you want to avoid tomorrow because of the traffic and the uh, lockdown that will be experienced because of all the world leaders, but certainly it's going to be a place of international gathering to recognize a former president and prime minister of Israel. And um, we often talk about how it's... Sometimes you have to just stop and consider what's happening as we live through this history, we live through modern Jewish history, and the world is coming together to acknowledge an Israeli leader uh, is is something that um, would not be lost on previous generations. Let's make sure it's not lost on us. You know, I got an amazing call this morning. A listener tells me that today, after six months of training, there are five young men, I don't want to say boys, but five young men, um, who are in Israel and are graduating, so to speak, their, fu- their six-month training program for Nachal Haredi, for the Israeli army, as we speak today. So Shlomo Rosen of Passaic and Yitzi Baum of Passaic and Avichai uh, was, um Do I have this? Avichai... I wish I'd have neater handwriting sometimes. Um, Avichai of Passaic <laughs> and Mark Cohen of Highland Park and Akiva Pudel of Teaneck. We say Mazaltov to you and Kolakavod as the new year begins. 
you'll be uh, among those who protect the land and state of Israel on a daily basis. And believe you me, you are not underappreciated by most Jews around the world, I'm proud to say. So congratulations, Mazal Tov, and continue to be a source of pride to your families and to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people around the world. JM and the AM, a few weeks ago, actually I should say more like a week or two ago, uh, we heard a story um, regarding the team from Sharing Seats. We'll remind you in a minute about Sharing Seats and why they are such an important outfit for our community. We'll do that in a second. Mike Dube is with us. He's Chief Development Officer, and he's with us live via telephone to uh, speak about Sharing Seats and talk about a great story he was involved with. Mike, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you. Good morning. Nice to be here. Uh, pleasure to have you on the air. SharingSeats.org is the website. Explain to our audience what is Sharing Seats. Well, in essence, Sharing Seats started about three or four years ago. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Yoni Greenstein who had been approached by a few different people to get tickets to different sporting events. So Yoni decided uh, through all of his chesed work with High Lifeline and other organizations that he would try to start an organization that would benefit Jews and non-Jews uh, in terms of kids that are sick or disabled or going through challenging times to attend uh, sporting events. So somebody made a shidduch between Yoni Greenstein and myself, and we combined our forces and energies, and thank God to date we've helped thousands of people across the United States and putting smiles on their faces while going through challenging life experiences from illnesses to dis- disabilities to emotional problems. I mean, there's the sky's the limit. There really so many people fit the sharing seats criteria, and I'm glad to say to date that I don't think there's ever a request that we were not able to fill. And that includes, I would guess, some of the most high-profile events in this country. Yes, we've been very fortunate, like we tell anyone that ever sends us a request, is that we try to under-promise and over-deliver. We <laughs> never guarantee anything. We guarantee that we're going to put the effort in. And thank God, through social media, um, I personally, on my Facebook page, Mike Dube, and then along with Sharing Seats, have uh, built up thousands of followers. And we put a request, which we typically get every few days we get a request we put it on social media on facebook and we give people opportunities to do good and to use their contacts and connections and we've been very very fortunate to uh to date and um, you know i'm not uh not to um belittle other sporting events but for instance if somebody would contact you today and say there is a kid out there or somebody who's suffering from a specific uh, problem who wants to be at tonight's Yankee Red Sox game, that would be a challenge you would welcome. Uh, I would welcome it right now, considering the fact that at 12 o'clock last night I was emailed four tickets to the Yankees Red Sox. <laughs> so if there is somebody out there there's in need of that, um, we're happy to try to fulfill the request. But one of the things that's important to myself and the organization as it's grown um, is that it's sort of run like a business, which means that it's very important to keep your donors happy. 
So we try to make it our business to make sure that the donors get the receipts on time, that donors get a picture of the kids or the families that are at the game, that they get a thank you letter. So we're very mockment, for lack of a better word, on making sure that the donor feels good. And hence, people are constantly emailing us and giving us tickets and offering and offering to sponsor something else. Another added benefit that we've thrown in is that once we know a family's going to a game, so sometimes I'll put on social media that, you know, if you want a real great chesed opportunity for yourself or for your business partner and you want to close the deal with this prospective client, there are two disabled kids at the hockey game right now in seat so-and-so in section so-and-so. How about buying them a hat or a shirt? And that's been very, very effective on many, many different levels. Wow, very nice. Mike Dub is with us, sharingseats.org. All right, so your name came up. Recently, and the reason I wanted to speak with you specifically was because you were involved in a story that included one of the world's greatest basketball players. Could you share that story with us? Yeah, sure. I, I'd say, um, I guess on my generation is still Michael Jordan, but I'd like to think that Stephen Curry is probably the best shooter of all time, probably one of the world's most famous basketball players at this point. Um, in short, um, a gentleman from uh, Brooklyn had reached out to me. He had reached out to Rabbi Scholar from High Lifeline. Um, he has a son that has, you know, many different challenges, besides one of them being that, uh, unfortunately, he's deaf and he's not able to hear. So they had reached out to me and said, listen, it would be a tremendous blessing, like a dream come true, if you could get an autographed picture and autographed basketball. So once I got that request, I worked on it right away and when I put on social media somebody had said that uh, I could get an autographed picture and within a week and a half there was an autographed picture at his house mm. hence the next step once was on social media and word of mouth spread so we were working on some of our other contacts to try to get him a signed basketball and we did not expect that another gentleman would factor into a business deal or something that he was involved with that when Stephen Curry was in New York last week that an opportunity would be there for this kid and his father to meet him. We did not expect this at all. This gentleman went above and beyond to make this happen and it was a dream come true for the son who ended up meeting Stephen Curry, getting a signed basketball I mean, it was really, it was life-changing for this kid. Unbelievable. So you never know, huh? You, you guys don't let up until you get the answer you want. No, exactly. I mean, the reality is that, like I tell people, it, it, it's, you know, in, in this business, there is no ego because the challenges that some of the kids confront are unfathomable in this world. So if sharing seats, thank God, has the ability to bring smiles to families, to kids, to parents, to siblings... So then we're doing, our, we're doing our job, and that's what I tell anyone, that, you know, I don't ever want to know from any of the challenges that any of these kids, God forbid, or families are ever having to face. So if we could give them a few hours of happiness and joy, then everyone's jumping on that boat. All right. What do people do if they have extra Jet and Giant tickets uh, for this season? They could just contact you and figure out a way to get them to you? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, we hired an executive director, Noah Falkenstein, has been fantastic and very effective they could friend mike dub on facebook they could look up sharingseats.org but it's not only new york jets or john right, all over that. the united states i understand that and also a point you made earlier 
uh, if people out there have tickets that are taking, you know, for games that are taking place on Shabbos or Yontif, you you have expanded this beyond the Jewish community. So there may 100%. there may be pe- people out there for whom you can make a really nice kiddush Hashem and, and send them to a game, you know, w- 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 you know w- w- which their tradition would allow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Well, this thing, uh, one of the things when I got involved in the organization a few years ago is that I was not going to keep it just to a Jewish-based organization. We have right. enough great Jewish-based organizations. It was important for us to start to try to create some type of Kiddush Hashem that existed out there. So no tickets ever go to waste. We deal with 10 or 15 different non-Jewish organizations. Tonight we're sending the fire chief, one of the fire loot chief, chiefs from Englewood to the Ranger game. Now this is somebody who does civil service. Probably he's never gone to a game with his son. Yet tonight he's going to be sitting six rows from, you know, from the ice. I didn't even know there was a Ranger game tonight, frankly. Yeah, now there is. <laughs> SharingSeats.org. Mike Dube and an amazing team take care of all this. And they had the, yet another uh, great experience, as you heard, with Stephen Curry, one of the world's greatest basketball players. Uh, Mike, I take this opportunity to wish you a Shana Tova. I hope the coming year gives you the chance, and you and your staff and everybody involved, the chance to do more and more wonderful things for kids and other people in need out there. Amen. That's why we're here. Uh, SharingSeats.org. Thank you, Mike. Shana Tova to you. A JM in the AM as we continue as uh, uh, we feature the music of Yitzchak Fuchs on JM in the AM. Thank you. 
Uh, I want to take this opportunity and say good morning to Daf Yomi Yid, uh, who says to us on the app that he listened all day yesterday out bicycling for about 10 hours, switching between our live presentation and our archives, especially the workout music, which is becoming more and more popular, the workout mixes that are part of our music presentation on the app. So thank you, Daf Yomi Yid. Uh, it's Avichai Waxberg, Avichai Waxberg from Passaic, according to one of our posters on the uh, on our app. That uh, is the um, the fifth of the uh, students that we mentioned were graduating the Nachal Haredi program. So Avichai, congratulations to you from all of us here at JM and the A. And more coming up as we continue. I want to remind you that Ohad Ohad and MBD are in concert in Yerushalayim. Tuesday night Cholamoy. That that means that um, that means uh, for um, for those who are keeping one day in Israel, it'll be uh, the end of the first day of Cholamoy. For those who are keeping two days, it'll be Matzayantiv. So it's a uh, concert presentation of MBD and Ohad together uh, in concert in Yerushalayim. And uh, we wish Ohad and MBD the best on that big show from all of us here at JM in the AM. A lot of the great things happening in Israel. We'll give you more information about that a little later on. Wanted to thank our friends at Traveler's Choice, Yossi and Devorah and their entire staff. Great work as usual. Our next Jewish Unity Initiative is set to be announced right after Simchas Torah as we um, are planning on making an impact on yet another important community on this globe. We'll give you all the information about that once the Yuntif season has ended. And uh, we thank them over at Traveler's Choice for all their help. Big thank you to Benjamin and Matis and Randy for taking over while I was away. Good to be back on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM and the AM. Reminder, tomorrow the funeral of Shimon Peres. Malcolm Holmline will be there. We'll have him on at 7.40 tomorrow morning with the weekly update here at JM and the AM. 7.40 Eastern Time from Yerushalayim, Malcolm Holmline. Matis will have the final show of the year Sunday morning between 7 and 9. And then we'll be back Wednesday morning of next week, the day after Rosh Hashanah between 6 and 9 a.m. here at JM in the a.m.
Words from the Rosh Hashanah Liturgy. It's the great Ben Sion Schenker, of course, here at JM in the AM. Uh, wrapping up the hour, Eitan Freilach before that with me, Mizrach Shemesh. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Weekly update tomorrow. Don't forget that. Plenty more happening on this Thursday morning. Plus, don't forget that uh, Charlie Harari follows at 9 o'clock on jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Uh, then it's um, uh, Michael Fragan with a great debate review. He'll give you 10 points, 10 takeaways from this week's debate. You won't want to miss Michael Fragan at 9.30 this morning. 10 o'clock, Raju in the City Speaks. That's live with Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30. Live lunch coming up between 11 and 1. Looking forward to presenting that to you. Plenty more on a Thursday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. with Zachrein Luchayim done by Mendy Wald as we get ready for the brand new year of 5777, which begins on Sunday night. A couple of very special guests in our studio. Uh, the first is uh, somebody who uh, we call and uh, consider, and uh, so does the rest of the world, the number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth. In fact, uh, after his last appearance here, I got into a discussion on our app with somebody regarding his uh, position as number one kosher wine sommelier. He's also somebody who for many, many years has helped me encourage our listeners to begin a brand new year with brand new bottles of wine from Israel. Uh, we always want, whether it's before a holiday, certainly before Pesach, we always like to promote Israeli wines, but for some reason it always seems to have even more meaning uh, at the beginning of a brand new year. And as the brand new year begins on Sunday night, Jay Booksbaum, the great wine sommelier, and I, Encourage everybody to have as much Israeli wine, brand new bottles of Israeli wine, on the table as possible. Jay Booksbaum, Shana Tova, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, tell me more about the app. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> you, as long as it's talking about you, you want to hear more. <laughs> no, no, really, it's it's you you know, it's important. It is important. We keep talking about it, and we hope more and more people will install. It. And we we figured out that for someone who's completely unaffiliated, unaware, and unable to do anything with their phone, right. for that person, it takes about 25 seconds to install the app. <laughs> so you I want to know every place I go in the country. Because, you know, not everybody can right. hear you on terrestrial radio Correct. if you're outside of New York. Especially New Jersey. now we're going to extraterrestrial radio. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody hears you on their app. Yeah. Well, so that's, and it's so simple. But we kept saying that for people outside of New York and New Jersey, this transition is going to be seamless yeah. because they won't know the difference. <laughs> right. We just have to get everyone else to come along with us, so to speak. Um, so Jay is here, and, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't want to discuss where yet. We'll have an opportunity okay. to discuss where in the next few weeks. But, you know, I've been out of town the last couple of days. Secret. And I, secret is right. And I get a um, a communique from Stacy Siegel, and she says to me the following by text. She says, "Related to Stacy, I am." She says, "Are you aware of the fact that there's an article that Shimon Peres, in one of his last public speeches before his stroke, and now of course he's passed away, uh, spoke about how people should buy Israeli products? That was like his big focus of one of these major speeches." And she said, "I encourage you," she says to me in this text, "to use this opportunity to remind everybody how important it is all year round, obviously." to buy Israeli products and stay connected to the land and to the state in that way. And then, sure enough, who's here next day? But Jay Booksbaum bringing along a special guest to discuss this very topic, thank God. so. And this special guest is really a wonderful human being and a man I've known for almost 30 years. Right? And from a family that's quite distinguished in the Jewish, uh, in Adam, Jewish history. Adam Montefiore. Adam Montefiore is here, and uh, it is a pleasure and honor to welcome you here to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be here. Good morning. Shana Tova to you. Shana Tova to you and you know, everyone. That really cool British yes. accent. <laughs> Originally from Great Britain, correct? That's sure. Yep. Israel defeated Great Britain this past Sunday in the World Baseball Classic qualifying match, so my apologies for that. <laughs> but nonetheless, a pleasure to welcome you here. Well, he's more Israeli than Great <laughs> than British. Oh, good point. Yeah. yeah. Actually, he should be celebrating with us, exactly. right? Exactly. Anyway, so um, here we are at the start of a brand new year, and you get the point. We always talk year-round about Israeli wine, but for some reason, we've always had, I don't know, a way into people's heart at the very beginning of the brand new year to start the year with something from Israel. And you encourage those who are buying cases to make sure at least one case comes from Israel, and those right. who are serving many bottles, make sure at least some of the bottles 
are from the Holy Land. And today's a good example. We have some actual bottles from the Holy Land with us today, correct? And we might even be able to get you to like it. Yeah, I think you even will. It's not like you don't understand. You don't understand. You you keep you keep reliving conversations okay. from ten years ago. You don't right. understand just how sophisticated my palate has become. I know. I yeah. mean, there's some wines maybe. now that I'm literally enjoying. You know, okay, maybe not good. maybe not the pace that you enjoy them. I hear you. Or the volume that you enjoy them. <laughs> no, but Adam, Adam, Adam not only uh, comes from a, a very auspicious family yeah. and great history behind that, which, uh, Adam, I'd like you to talk, talk about that, but he's now the kind of chairman of a, a Montefiore winery. Right, and that's located where? Uh, in the Judean Hills, on the, on the way to Jerusalem. We would know it closest to what town or city? It's near Bet Shemesh, oh, Emek Sorek, we know where that Sorek is. Valley. Yep. And that is literally where the vineyards are? This is where the winery is? What goes on there? This is where the winery and vineyards are. They're both there? And we buy, we buy the grapes, we make the wine um, in memory of Moses, Moses Montefiore. Right. Who, who would be your... Who uh, was my um, uh, forebear five generations before. Right. Um, and I'm the first member of the family to go and live in Israel. And we thought uh, making a winery in his honor was a wonderful thing to do. Could say that again. Uh, yeah, to say the family uh, is included in those who are historic builders of Israel would be accurate, correct? Sure. I mean, he built the first uh, community, the first neighborhood outside the old city walls. Right. And that became the cornerstone of modern Jerusalem. Correct. So we're very proud of that. As they say, Stelzachfar. Excuse me, Jay, I'm sorry. Stelzachfar. <laughs> say it again, please. Stelzachfar. <laughs> just imagine. They don't speak Yiddish when, in the Montefiore well, village. Just, well, just imagine. <laughs> when Moses Montefiore came to, to Israel for the first time, right. the whole community of Israel, at least certainly in, in Jerusalem, lived within the old city walls. Right. And they were literally afraid to leave the old city walls. And he convinced them to plant vineyards literally in, in Yamin Moshe, which is right outside. Yeah, now there's like yeah. multi-million dollar homes there Correct. where there used to be olive groves and, and vineyards. Now the wine in that area is in the restaurants <laughs> that are in that area. <laughs> but no, but really, and that's where the min, windmill, you right. know, the, the, sure. the iconic windmill. Windmill. Windmill, windmill is yeah, there. Exactly. Bluff. Yeah. Uh, more references. In Bal Hotels right there. Yeah. Many other places. Uh, and, and what is the park? We call it, what do we call it? Ganem Hamon is right there? What, what do we call that park that's right there next to Yerushalayim? I think it's Ganem Hamon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Anyway, many of our listeners are familiar with the geography, that's for sure. Um, but these wines are just amazing. We had lunch yesterday with uh, one of the finest wine writers, and he had just given Robert Park of Robert Parker Magazine, fellow man Mark Squires, who writes for him, and he had just given some of these wines in the 90s, right? Yes, Tell us three, about that. three wines scored in the 90s, and he wrote that it was one of the most exciting of the new wineries, and that the wines seemed to be getting better and better. If I if I could have paid him to say something, he couldn't have. Uh, we couldn't have got a better review from the most important critic in the world. So, what, what does he mean by new winery? Is this, is well, this in a, fact a new winery? Yes, the winery was founded in fact in 2010, wow, and the first recent. wines released in 2013 huh. under and the name Montefiore. Under the name Montefiore. And what, what, um, are the, what are the specific names of the three you brought in this morning? We've bought in the Montefiore Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm -hmm. We've bought in the Montefiore Red, which is an entry level blend. And to the white. Jay, what can you tell us? What can you tell us in the scheme of things on well, the, I, I on the wine scene about these wines? Well, first of all, the Montefiore Red and White are both about $20 retail. Hmm. So it, they're accessible. They're easy to buy, not only easy to drink, but they're easy to buy. And they're also made in an accessible manner, meaning it's not, it's not a big, muscular, you know, knock-your-socks-off wine. 
so it's really got, it goes with a whole host and variety of foods, and easy drinking, easy to buy, uh, a so very it's a well distinguished distributed. wine, yeah. yet an easy to adjust to right, wine. Right, right, right. And the Cabernet, which is a little bit more money, is still not uh, tremendously expensive, but still delicious, thick, rich. So if you're having a real big roast or something very flavorful, uh, you know, for Yontif. You'd want to buy that as well. If you buy all three, you'll be in great shape. As you sit here, we say this every time, um, and encourage people to buy Israeli wines, and in this case have brought us a prominent uh, winery representative. Uh, people want to know if it's available. Can they walk into the New York, New Jersey, and other places, as you indicated, you know, stores, and find these types of wines? Yes, in New York and New Jersey, it's widely distributed. Mm-hmm. Outside of New York and New Jersey, you know, like in Chicago, you'd probably have to go to uh, your Julasco right. or uh, Hungarian. In Miami, it's pro- it's widely distributed in all the kosher shops that, you know, the meat stores and so on that also sell wine. Um, but in other areas, uh, you know, more Midwestern or, you know, lesser, uh, smaller Jewish communities, not lesser, God right. forbid, I'm going to get hit yeah, for yeah. that. Population in smaller wise. Jewish <laughs> communities, it's probably more difficult to get. Jay Booksbound with Adam Montefiore. Do you get the feeling that we're always promoting, do you get the feeling that there's a desire among diaspora Jews to include these types of bottles on their holiday table, or are we just making this stuff up as we go along? Sure, this is the most accept- acceptable uh, side of uh, Israel. You can't give a present of a bottle of high-tech. So, <laughs> Very good. So, uh, That's a cool that comment. A good one, yeah. so, so wine is a great gift, and it's a great way to help the growers and agriculturists of Israel. And if we're talking about Shimon Peres, he was a great supporter of Israeli wine. Right. Probably amongst all the prime ministers and presidents of Israel, well, he was hence, the one hence who what, understood more about wine than anyone else. And hence what my wife referenced about his desire to get everybody around the world to buy Israeli products. Sure, right. sure. And we always had to send him bottles, and we always had to send yeah. him the right bottles. So, um, uh, you know, the wine community will remember Shimon Peres with as much warmth as everyone else. That's interesting. You know, you have to, you have to look at that also because... When it comes to other food products, even other agricultural products, if for you to know that it comes from Israel is not so easy, That's whether it's true. oranges or cookies or whatever, you know. But in a bottle of wine, by law, it has to say the country of origin right front center on the front label. So it's much more easy to uh, also, of course, most Israeli wines, if not all of them, have Hebrew writing on right. the front letter on the front uh, Labels. So the history of your family in wine, is it, is it something that's only 21st century or it does go way back? Well, it goes back to the beginning in the, in the mid-19th century when Moses Montefiore was the first person to suggest the planting of vines. Right. Now, his dream, his vision, really took place 40 years later when Zionism took root and uh, Baron Edmund de Rothschild came and uh, recreated an Israeli wine industry. But the first vision was Moses Montefiore. And then 150 years later, I arrived in Israel, the first member of the family to make Aliyah, (laughs) with three children, and worked in the wine business. And now my children are also working in the wine business. So so we feel that it's somehow in in our genes. And Moses Montefiore used to drink one bottle of wine every day. And he lived to 101, Mm. which is about double the the regular age span that people lived in those days. And he was a great wine lover. So... So we feel somehow we're on a historic mission, not only to bring Israeli wines to, uh, uh, to people abroad, but also to fulfill the family destiny. Adam Montefiore is here. Um, Jay Booksbaum, of course, as we get closer and closer to the brand new year and remind everybody the importance of including Israeli products, in this case specifically wine, 
in what you're going to be giving or serving uh, starting this coming Sunday night. Um, we have discussed umpteen times, and with Jay even more than that, just how many wineries continue to sprout up around the state of Israel. Being in the industry, is it scary for you to see so many other colleagues you know, coming forth and many of them succeeding, or are you just part of an amazing rush that you welcome? If I look back 20 years ago, it's almost a miracle where we have arrived today. And think where we might get to in another 20 years. I mean, no one's saying Israel is better than California or better than France. But the strides we've made in wine is absolutely amazing. We have something like 300 wineries. They're all producing good wine. And what that means is everyone's trying to produce better wine. So what can be better than the competition? Yeah, I guess that's true. Isn't it's, that just nice? a, it's incredible to watch, though. It's really incredible. Remember, we used to, very short, very short time ago, we used to say 200. Now the right. figure is 300. Yeah. And we, <coughs> it right. just keeps going up. And, um, and w- w- the other thing that continues to baffle me, and Jay and I have discussed this in the past, there are regions of Israel where I think that the average layman can understand that a vineyard would be successful. You know, I don't know, for some reason, when you think of the Golan, I think like, hey, you know, it's got the, it's got the, this is the average man talking, it's got the atmosphere, so yeah, you can have, but you think of Beit Shemesh, and you think of the area that you described, you know, whether it's dry or very hot, etc., and yet, you're able to produce a grape that, you know, that, that's, that's in the industry, that's, you know, a major part of the industry. How do you explain, outside of the biblical uh, angle, uh, and the Jewish heritage angle of the what above. How do you explain that all these regions of Israel are able to produce wine? Well, vineyards cover the land of Israel. And what's important to produce good wine is high altitude. And there are the Jerusalem Mountains, the Golan Heights, the Upper Galilee, even the Negev Mountains. And Israelis have a sort of bloody-minded attitude that if we can't do it, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll and, do it anyway. <laughs> and so they've planted vineyards in the Negev, right, which are producing great wine. Israel is covered with vines, with vineyards, just like in biblical times. It's unbelievable. Does this uh, surprise you at all? It, it, it actually gives me the chills. Because there's no other country that could do that, right? It's it, impossible. It's, it's the <laughs> only, but you know, you know, it's a known fact that it's the only country in the world, the only civilized country in the world, where there's more trees every year right. than the year before. Right. And so, you know, to hear about this is just. It's obviously that, you know, Israel can. It's a can-do place, but it's still miraculous and, and chilling in it's a very nice way. Uh, how many total varieties, I want to use the right word, yeah. of wine does your winery make? We, we have six wines. Uh, we produce something like 75,000 bottles a year. And we already export uh, nearly half that amount to, um, to about 12 different countries around the world. Majority of those exports to our area? Or not sure, as, sure. Area? Canada, America is right. still the number one markets for most Israeli wine. What have you done with the Great Britain market? Have they taken to your wine? Sure, today? absolutely. <laughs> it's a very uh, well-established uh, uh, English family, the Montefiore family. That's true. And um, certainly very, the wines are very popular there. All right, there you but have the it. Montefiore's originally come from Italy, right? Sure. Uh, the family, the, the word Montefiore come, uh, means mountain flower, Montefiore. And uh, we came from the Marche region of Italy, uh, near Ancona. Um, Moses Montefiore himself was born in Tuscany, in Livorno. Um, uh, but then the family was 200 years in, in England. And we're the first strand to go and live in Israel. So, Unbelievable. Uh, are, there, uh, are there wines that are collector's items from decades ago in the family? Or 
Or that's not, um, that there's not not a category like that in your not not really because the the wines that really age decades are, are really the French wines. Um, but uh, you know, as a family of wine lovers, certainly we enjoy drinking wine <laughs> rather than storing wine. It's a different concept. <laughs> just like, just we a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like we did last night. Like we did last night. Jay does both. He stores yeah. and drinks. Yeah. Has to make a decision what to keep storing, what to keep let drinking. Me, let me tell you, it's, sometimes it's, not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not an easy decision. It's not an easy decision, right. Were any of the wines that you opened last night in a social media explosion, because everybody <laughs> was following what you were doing, uh, were any of them Israeli-related at all? Yeah. Was, were there? Yeah, there was Castel. I didn't realize that. Castel C., Yes, oh, which uh, was magnificent. Oh, and there was a Katrin as well. Oh, and and these were uh, classic, meaning you know older wines, or yeah, yeah, and everything was way out of uh, vintage, meaning not oh, out of vintage, meaning right. you know not current vintages. Uh, the Castel C, which still held up beautifully, was an 09. Right now it's a Chardonnay, and right now we're we're showing the 14. So you're talking about a wine that's uh, six years out of vintage and still holding up beautifully. And so yeah. So how do we answer the question for the people who are asking right now? How do I get to be friends with Jay Booksmith? Like you know, anybody who's you know, well I they want to hang out and do the same thing you did last night. I get night. questions from all my friends all the time. <laughs> Jay, can we buy wine from you? And I go, listen, it's illegal, but you're welcome to come over and share a glass of wine with me anytime you want. And I make that, uh, I make that uh, offer to all your listeners. So if you're opening up one of those classic bottles, you will not be upset. If someone shows up, absolutely not. And It'll be what, what, uh, an what, honor and a pleasure. How do you like that? Imagine that, huh? Jay, you're incredible. I don't know about Brenda, but you, know. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, you have no with problem. the line around the block, you know. But, but you have no problem. No, Adam Montefiore is here. Are we opening up the uh, winery uh, and the facility to the public at any time? Is it already open to the public? What is the? Because I know that's always like a natural step for these wineries to, you know, to try to uh, encourage people to come visit. Is that something in the plans? Or? We have a dream. Uh, and that is to open the uh, a visitor center in Mishkanot Shanim, where it all began. Wow. And that's where Moses Montefiore and the windmill are most remembered in Israel. Um, and that's what we get plan to do in the future. Um, but until then, we, we don't have a visitor center. All right. But you do have that vision in mind. For sure. For sure. Wine you is know, uh, a series of dreams coming true. And this is the next. I the would next say dream. the second most iconic uh, picture of Israel uh, after the the, the uh, what do you call it, the spies right. with the grapes, is probably the windmill. Right. If you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Great association with the Holy Land. Right. People see that. Especially Jerusalem. No question about it. And, and and again, what I said earlier, just the the family name. There's only a handful of family names in the last three four hundred years that you know that really identify as builders of the land of Israel, and obviously yours is one of them. So, and we also mentioned I, I mentioned off the air that uh, uh, the book about Jerusalem. Uh, is written by Montefiore, and you identified that person as your brother. Yes, my little brother, Simon. So there you go. He's a historian and wrote the book of Jerusalem, it which is, is an a, amazing a fantastic book. read. Yeah. It is such an amazing really? book. Really? i got to oh, get it. It is an amazing if, if, book. I, if he was nicer to me, you'd get me a <laughs> copy. <laughs> I may actually have an extra upstairs. Yeah, I'm not yeah, kidding. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I, I can't I, do much better than that, Jay. You know, I, I just want to, you know, uh, obviously... Shimon Perez and and so on and so forth to urge people, myself obviously, to buy Israeli wines and Israeli foods, especially before Yontif. Right. Um, go out this tomorrow tonight and get a couple of bottles of Montefiore wine. I'm telling you, do it. You will not be sorry. You'll enjoy it. Uh, it's got a good what we call in the business QPR quality price ratio, right. and uh, you know, do it. 
All right, Jay, I thank you. Hadam, I thank you. Shana Tova to Shana you. Shana Tova to you and everyone else. Uh, everybody out there is looking forward to, um, uh, to trying these wines and enjoying great Israeli wines. I know for you it's an honor to be escorted by the number one kosher wine sommelier on planet Earth. Fantastic. You know, Jay is who Jay is. And uh, he continues to hold that title with great pride. I am so grateful. I, I, re- I want to say this at the end of the year. It's very important. I am so grateful to all of your listeners. Every time I travel, whether it's Boca <laughs> or California or Argentina, oh, wow. you know, somebody, if not many people, come over to me and go, Oh, you're on the Nachum Siegel <laughs> Show, aren't you? You know, so I really want to thank everybody for listening. I want to wish everybody a chasiva, chasima taiva, a good gebenched yar, especially Lipa. Uh, and everybody else in Williamsburg. <laughs> and everybody else in Williamsburg. Really, thank you very much. And, and I uh, please accept my apologies if I ever said anything untoworthy. Oh, Why would you suspect that you would say anything that <laughs> might, might bother somebody? I have all these filters on my mouth, right? Yeah, right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Booksbad, number one kosher wine sommelier. Uh, Adam Montefiore, uh, we look forward to seeing you in Jerusalem. Shana Tovan, thank you for visiting us. Thank you very much. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition. This is JM in the AM.
I'm our Waterbury Yeshiva cast. 18 minutes before 9 o'clock Thursday here at JM and the AM as we get closer and closer to the brand new year. My thanks to um, Benjamin Siegel and Matis and Randy for taking over while I was away. Big hello and thank you to our friends at Traveler's Choice, Yossi Devora and their entire staff for their incredible service and efficiency. Thank you, Traveler's Choice in New York. Um, uh, the day after Simcha's Torah... As much as I'd love to announce it now, but the day after Simplest Torah will announce our next Jewish Unity Initiative. And uh, it's a good one. It is a good one. Um, we'll bring yet another focus of a Jewish community around the world to our listeners through this great radio broadcast. Hey, a reminder, on December 1st, JM and the AM becomes the um, exclusive presentation of the Nachum Siegel Network. Which means that uh, if you have not yet made the adjustment, and this is for the New York and New Jersey listeners, uh, obviously. Anybody listening from outside New York and New Jersey, this will have zero effect on you at all. You'll continue to hear the three-hour presentation every single day live. But those of you who are in the New York, New Jersey area who are listening on terrestrial radio, make sure you make the switch. And uh, whether it means installing the NSN app in your phone or iPod or iPad or uh, getting our listen line phone number, or um, getting an auxiliary cable for your car, uh, which is a very simple thing to do, or a Bluetooth for your car, very simple thing to do, especially with today's cars, um, and all the other methods, uh, computer, of course, computer website, whatever method you need, make sure to come along with us and make the switch and be listening every single day um, when the switch is made on December the 1st. And um, we look forward to having everybody switch with us to what will be a bigger, better, and more, more incredible radio broadcast every single day. A reminder for those who are traveling to Israel for Sukkot, United Hatzalah presents United for Life. Avram Fried, Kent Yitzchak, Mayor Helfgott, and Lipa are together on stage uh, Thursday night, Cholomoid, beginning at 7.15 at Binyanei Haoma, the International Convention Center in Yerushalayim, with music conducted by Yuval Stupel. Uh, proceeds dedicated toward purchasing life-saving equipment for United Hatzalah in Israel. You can go to the website, israelrescue.org, israelrescue.org, for more information. There's also a um, an email address, sales at concertinisrael.com, sales at concertinisrael.com, and you can utilize that as well. 
JM and the AM will continue with more here on a, um, a Thursday morning broadcast, reminding everybody that we've got an incredible lineup all day long on the stream at jmtheam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Charlie Harari is at 9, Michael Fragan at 9.30 with the debate review on spin class. Allison Joseph's Jew in the City Speaks at 10 o'clock. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life at 10.30. Live lunch coming up until 1. Plenty happening all through the day at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Make sure to be tuned in.
the AM. Kanvein Sharem done by Simcha Liner. Eighth day before that with Jerusalem Stone. Tomorrow our focus will be on Jerusalem. Uh, Malcolm Holmline will be calling in from Jerusalem where he'll be attending uh, the uh, funeral of Shimon Peres. 7.40 tomorrow morning for the weekly update. 7.40 tomorrow morning for the weekly update. Malcolm Holmline from Jerusalem here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. And no matter where you are around the world, make sure to listen in and to hear the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin, of course, will close out the year for us tomorrow. Uh, it'll be our final broadcast of the year. Matis will do a JM Sunday on Erev Rosh Hashanah. That'll be our real final broadcast of the year. And then Wednesday, we'll rejoin everybody here starting at 6 a.m. as we get the brand new year started on the third day of 5777. All right, so make sure to join us for that. Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year as we um, get closer and closer to uh, the holiday of Rosh Hashanah beginning this Sunday night. Amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Make sure to listen in as uh, Charlie Harari takes over at 9 o'clock, then Michael Fragan with post-debate analysis at 9.30. 10 o'clock for Allison Joseph's Jew in the City Speaks. 10.30 for Miriam L. Wallach and That's Life. 11 o'clock, we'll present the live lunch. Full day on our stream and on the app. Make sure to listen in all through the day and enjoy. Wrapping things up on a Thursday with Benny Friedman. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 
Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. There's Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app. Wraps up a, a Thursday for us here at JMNAM. Tomorrow, as we said, Malcolm Holmline live from Israel. He'll be at the Shimon Peres funeral. We'll speak with him at 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. And plenty more as we wrap up the week and essentially wrap up the year. Monday and Tuesday will be the observance of Rosh Hashanah. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.